The opinions and viewpoints expressed in .NET Rocks are not necessarily those of its sponsors or of Microsoft Corporation, its partners, or employees. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, which is solely responsible for its content. Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. Rockheads, tweak your one key code rush templates later and listen up. It's time for another stellar episode of .NET Rocks, the internet audio talk show for .NET developers with Carl Franklin and Rory Blythe. This is Jeff Maciolik here to announce show number 80 with guest Mark Miller, recorded live Friday, September 10th, 2004. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter and now offering hands-on VBNet and ASP.NET classes remotely. Online at www.franklins.net. And by Data Dynamics, makers of ActiveReports.net. Simple, powerful, and cost-effective reporting for Windows Forms and ASP.NET web applications. Online at www.datadynamics.com. And by Dundas Chart, advanced technology, advanced results. Online at www.dunduschart.com. Support is also provided by Code Magazine, Microsoft Technologies in-depth for IT managers and developers. Online at www.code-magazine.com. And now, the man who warned NASA not to program the Genesis spacecraft software in Java, Carl Franklin! Ouch! Yeah, what about that, huh? Did you guys hear about that? The uh, Genesis accident? It's pretty, pretty nasty. Well, this is another, welcome to another stellar episode of .NET Rocks. I'm Carl in New London, Connecticut, and my co-host in uh, Portland, Oregon tonight, Mr. Rory Blythe, how are you, sir? Hi, Carl. I'm fine. Good. Thank you. I'm fine, too. Good. An unusual uh, non-latency night, for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, so I guess I guess you're fine and I'm fine. Yeah, now now what do we talk about? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually starting to quote um, Dr. Strangelove. Uh-huh. So, Dimitri, you're fine and I'm fine. Well, then, as you say, we're both doing fine, Dimitri, and then we have to go on and do the whole thing, and it takes about another hour. Yeah, that, so. that's true. We're not going to do that. Oh. Hey, you know what I you know what I did this week this week uh, I think it was Sunday nope. yeah Sunday night no, no, I saw not. I saw the one and only Luciano Pavarotti at Mohegan Sun oh really guy's like a hundred years old he's trying to sing <laughs> 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 it's like his farewell <laughs> tour you know he went right from the the concert right to the right to the grave you know just they drove him right to the graveyard put him in throw the dirt on <laughs> where'd you see him. Was he uh, at the guard? He was the, no, he was at the Mohegan Sun Casino. Oh, okay. All right. And they have an arena there. And uh, it was really weird. I, I was talking with some people uh, that I met there, and they said that he just got married to this real young woman, and, and they had a baby. There's like a one-year-old baby. This guy's like 70-something mm. years old. And uh, we were talking about that, how, you know, old older actors and famous people like get married to these young people and have babies and stuff, and, you know, how it's kind of disgusting and all this. And I said, well, you know, it's one thing when it's Tony Randall, right? 
<laughs> but Luciano Pavarotti, Pavarotti. I mean, that guy's like should, Marlon Brando. Yeah. <laughs> he should have as many babies as he possibly can, you know, so he can grace the world with his genes before he kicks off, you know? It's like, <laughs> does the world need another little Tony Randall walking around? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Yeah, so it's a little bit different, you know. So, what have you been up to this week? Well, um, I've this is my first uh, non-traveling week since I joined Microsoft about a month ago, and after after four weeks of traveling, um, I thought it'd be kind of nice to come home and relax a little bit. But the reality is, it's uh, I was having a really good time. So I'm going back on the road next week for about a week, and I'm looking forward to that. But aside from that, I've been sitting around. I've been coding, which is something I haven't done in a, in a few weeks. I've been working with Jim Blizzard on an ASP.NET two. Um, application we've got going on, but I'm not going to talk about what it is yet, and, and we will be talking about it at some point. Yeah, mysterious. So that was that was a lot of fun. Um, I just get really excited when I when I use ASP.NET 2 just because my whole world has completely changed, so that's fun. And uh, sounds like some majorly serious relationship problems that I'm not even going to get into. I'm just going to say that much. Well, you opened the door, and so we should just uh, uh, you know explore those. <laughs> no, no, no. Trust you me. wouldn't have. You no, wouldn't have is, wanted to say. This is going. This is going to the. This is going to a shrink. This isn't good for. Uh, this isn't good for uh, .NET Rockstock. Um, okay. It's, it's even like beyond .NET Rockstock. Uh, All right. Well, so you, you had to bring to it up. So now we're, you know the world wants yeah. to know. So. You're right. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's Kirk true. wants to know. Yeah, so it, it's 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 been, it's been a it's been a hairy week. Oh, okay. I wanted to shave it. So that's what it was like. <laughs> Ew. It was. Yeah. Right. So uh, what what about you? What's going on? Well, uh, uh, there's a couple of things going on. Of course, you know we're still working on .NET Ross the movie, uh, the first one. We hope to do one every year. And uh, uh, Data Dynamics again has stepped up to uh, help us produce these. We're going to put them. We're going to make them available online for a nominal shipping fee, and it's all on DVD, shrink wrapped. Nice kind of movie. It's got some content. It's got some fun. It's got a .NET Rock show in there uh, that we did on video, and uh, some music, and some some bonus tracks, and some all good, all sorts of good stuff. And uh, the other thing I want to mention is uh, Dev Connections is coming up here soon in Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas, the week of November seventh. And uh, Dev Connections is a great big conference that is just growing and growing and growing. And a lot of the uh, the people that you know and love from other conferences uh, go speak there. And they always have a great time. It's always a great time. They have a combination of the Visual Studio, which is VBNet and C Sharp conference. They have an ASP.NET conference and a SQL Server conference all in one. And uh, so people like Kimberly Tripp usually speak there. Uh, she always gets really high ratings, of course. People like Bill Vaughn, Fernando Guerrero, uh, myself, Rocky Latka, uh, you know, other people like that. So... and I'm, I don't have the list in front of me, but just go to devconnections.com if you want to check it out. And uh, another reason I bring it up is because Juval Lowy and I actually pick the, the, the talks for the Visual Studio section of it. So you know you're not going to go and see anything fluffy. We, we like to get into some good stuff. And the .NET Rocks party, that's right, .NET Rocks Las Vegas party is going to be the Saturday the 6th in Las Vegas, and everybody is invited and uh, previous I guests, was invited too. Yeah, previous guests are going to be there, and so that you know, I think Mark's going to be there. Mark Miller, yep. right? Mark's going to be there, and uh, I know a lot of our previous guests. That Mark Dunn's going to be there. Jeff's going to be there. We think, right, Jeff? He's going to try to make it, and Rory's going to be there. I'm going to be there, and uh, hopefully Kirk is going to be there. We don't know. Yeah, he's cringing. He's got to ask his wife. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's what's going on. And uh, 
we only really have a couple of pieces of mail worth reading. We, you know, we're we're getting a constant stream of mails that I swear they're boilerplate. They're like, you know, hey, I I just discovered your show. I downloaded them all. I burned them to CD. I listen on the way to work. Yeah, heard that before. So everybody's doing that. So uh, every once in a while we get something different. And um, this guy Christopher Donges Donges don't know how to pronounce that, but he says, I love your show and I've been working through the old shows. He says, have you ever thought of doing a show on either on other .NET IDEs, such as Delphi.NET and C Sharp Builder? And Mark just squinted at me here. There are probably others, <laughs> but uh, being a Delphi 7 developer, I'd be interested in a show about DNet. Well, stick around, because uh, we, tonight we may actually talk about some of those things. And, uh, you yeah, that's that's pretty much it, man. We you know, we Other than the boilerplate emails, the, those are the... That's about it for interesting emails. So, uh, and you're, the news is dry, huh? Yeah, there was nothing going on this week. I, I spent like an hour today pouring over things, and all I could find was a bunch of stupid, boring crap. Things like, uh, you know, lower son employee, like at the janitorial level, um, takes advantage of stock options after five years of vesting and things like that. And, you know, who cares, right? I mean, I, I'm not saying that that's not important to me. That is important right. to me. I liked it. I was really glad to know. But what's important to the listeners? True. Right? Yeah. So uh, they're, they're just, there was not a whole lot going on. And somebody in the chat room was pointing out, hey, a, space, a spaceship crashed this week. Um, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah, true. We already, that is, we, that is we true. But that's that. kind of depressing, you know? <laughs> yeah, and we did cover that. <laughs> really extensive deep .NET, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. .NET Rocks coverage there. Mm. Well, what was it? Uh, Carl Franklin, the man who advised him not to put Java on yeah. the uh, yeah, on the Genesis. Yeah, right. I told him they shouldn't. Use I, I wanted it, to say yeah. the Genesis device. I, I've been watching Star Trek um, this week as a sort of escapist activity, <laughs> and I just wanted to say the Genesis device. I'm so embarrassed I even admitted that. Speaking of which, there is one little bit of news that I'll share, and it's that there is going to be a Star Trek massively multiplayer online role playing game. So if ah. you are not a loser yet and you want to join the club. There's going to be a massively multiplayer online way to be a total loser dork, and it, and uh, I'll be there. So speaking of Star uh, Trek loser dumb, I I got I'm, I'm going to be a blue alien woman. What'd you say? Uh, <laughs> you are a blue alien woman, say, man. dude. There <laughs> is one already. When I I, I was listening. Alien. I was re- uh, I was listening, reading. How many other senses can I go through before I say I was watching a DVD? And uh, it was on. Um, it came with Voyager's first season, Star Trek Voyager, which I'm sort of into the whole Star Trek thing a little bit. And uh, this was like this bonus DVD. I didn't know what it was, and I threw it in, and it was basically this infomercial for this place in Las Vegas that the Hilton, the Las Vegas Hilton, has put up called Star Trek: The Experience, and they've recreated yeah. the bridge of the Enterprise and about I don't know what they say, sixty-five thousand square feet of sets down to the the pixel and down to you know down to <laughs> huh. the pixel on the graphics consoles everything in its place everything apportionately sized and it's just like walking onto the bridge of the of the enterprise so if you're a true nerd hmm. and the weirdest thing i was actually kirk i was going to bring this up for the weird wide web but it since it's not a website right, we could probably find it on the web but they actually sell weddings on the bridge of the mm. Enterprise Whoa. at this place. Creepy. Whoa. Yes. Whoa. So creepy. Whoa. And they're, they're interviewing this this lady. I should have got the clip. Next next week I'll get a clip, an audio clip, and play what she said. But she said, I you know, I can think of a better place where I can have my wedding than on the bridge of the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> She's got like these thick glasses on, you know. It's not can you imagine the vows that they're saying? Uh, I promised never to stun you with a phaser. 
and never to, to mislead you on the holiday. It was almost and like the Tron suit guy, you know? <laughs> it's probably where he got married. Probably where he did get married. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Rory, this is a, a great show because Mark Miller has joined us in the studio as the guest tonight, and uh, we're just going to leap right in and talk to him. I'm really, really anxious to talk to him. He came in uh, yesterday, and we spent uh, the day together today, uh, and I spent a day in Code Rush training, basically. He just went through uh, a whole bunch of features of, of Code Rush and some of the new things, and man, I'm, I'm just beside myself. I just loved it. So without any further ado, let me introduce Mark Miller. Uh, Mark has been developing software since the early 1980s. He spent the 12 years preceding 2004 coding developer tools, uh, which are his passion, figuring out how to make developers more efficient. He was awarded the Spirit of Delphi Award by Borland. He created Code Rush for Delphi in 1997, and it has won numerous Reader's Choice Awards. He also created React, a component test program generator, and the CDK, Component Developer Kit, for Delphi. He created XL8, a translation software package, and created the motion controls. This is perhaps the coolest thing. The motion control system for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles stage show. What can we say? He's a developer's developer. He is now, uh, what's your title? Chief Cook and Bottle Washer at DevExpress. Uh, it's Chief of IDE Tools Division. It's yeah. kind of like an armored division we can roll out. and He's the head developer. Attack. Yeah, he's a head geek developer. And, and of course, Code Rush for Visual Studio.net uh, was released, I guess, February in this year, 2004. And since then has slowly been gaining this cult of, uh, of developers. And, and the people who use it just can't get enough of it. And uh, so I'm, I'm very pleased to welcome Mark Miller to the show. Welcome, Mark. Thank you. It's great to be here, man. Great to be here, too. And... Uh, I was waiting for Rory to say, hey, Mark. Oh, well, um, hello. But you don't have to. <laughs> hello, everybody. How are you all doing tonight? Good. We're doing yes. fine, Rory. Chit-chat, chit-chat. <laughs> but we have all the talk. sort of social uh, uh, things out of the way then. Um, I really think this show is going downhill. <laughs> uh, you know, we can edit out that dead air. That was we can edit there. out all that chit-chat. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to learn something here, and you guys are talking about... I'm damn excited to be here, guys. Yeah. Damn excited. Damn excited. We're damn excited to have you. So you want me to start by asking you guys some questions? Or, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, starting with uh, <laughs> where am I? Um, the uh, Code Rush is obviously the, the big news here, and I, t I, I saw it at, the, at TechEd. Scott Hanselman walked up to me at the regional director booth with his laptop, and he said, have you seen Code Rush? <laughs> That's the way he said it. <laughs> <to> <laughs> Scott <laughs> Hanselman voice. He just points right at me and goes, have you seen Code Rush? No. He goes, come here. And, like, this group of people huddled around him, and he opened up his laptop, and he's typing code in VB and pushing, like, three keys, and boom, all this code just appears. And, uh, you know, little graphical arrows flying all over the place and, like, radar screen-type rubber banding uh, circles enclosing on different areas. And it's like, it looked like he was playing a video game with VB. And, of course, it was just spinning out code left and right, and I was just hooked. So that was my first experience with Code Rush. So... Let's just tell people what it is. Uh, I guess it's sure. Like, well, it's it, it's a little bit hard to answer that question. The, yeah. It's a little easier to answer the question. What is its purpose? And yeah, its purpose its purpose is to make developers faster and more efficient. Um, I guess ultimately you say its purpose is to make developers more efficient, yeah. and then they can parlay that into either they're going to be faster, 
or they're going to be able to spend more time thinking about the design, but still kind of be about the same speed. Yeah. So instead of thinking about typing in the word finally, you you just don't do that anymore. Right. In fact, there's macro, and and I guess you call them templates. Right. There's these templates for every little piece of code that you want to write, including just like little words, but even big blocks of code like a try-catch-finally block. You could say TCF, space, boom, you've got a try-catch-finally block. Right. Uh, the properties, uh, the property builders are perhaps the coolest thing. Um, well, tell us about well, those. Well, there's a couple things going on here. The, one, of the, one of the things with the templates is it's essentially um, a language. In order to make it easy to understand and easy to learn, we had to take things and break them down into, into, into small pieces that were consistent. So, for example, if you want to create a new property, uh, the verb in the language is the letter P. And if you want the property to return a Boolean, the noun is a B. So you type in PB and hit the space bar, and it generates a property for you. And, and, hmm. and that's the essence of it. And then what we want to do is we want to keep that consistent. So if you want a method that's going to return a Boolean, you type in MB and hit the space bar. Um, and, and that's kind of the essence of the, uh, uh, of the, uh, uh, of the template language. Um, and then we go a little bit deeper, and we can actually bind a context to each template. So we can say the MB template that expands to a method that's a Boolean, we want it to expand with a full block when we're inside a class. But if we use that template inside an interface, we want yeah. it to expand to just the, the declaration part of it. And the, and the really cool part is let's say you do that like PS or a property string. You not only get the property handler, but it makes a private member with you know, the, right, uh, you know, the right case and, and all the, 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 the design guidelines. Uh, you basically follow the .NET design guidelines for those. And, you know, so let's say you have underscore first name, right? And the property is first name is string. If you go and change the underscore first string, every first name, all of the other references to it change along with right. it at the same time. Right. There's similar features that are coming out in WIDBY as well. Right. Um, one, of the, one of the distinctions between uh, the CodeRush implementation and what's coming out in WIDBY is WIDBY requires you to make the change right there in the one piece you're on and then and then commit it by either tabbing out or hitting enter, and then it propagates that change everywhere. Yeah. And we felt it was a little bit more visual to show you the change everywhere that it was occurring, so that's what we did. And then the other thing to add on to that is that this is happening now in Visual Studio 2002 and 2003. Right. Uh, and with the release we're about to get out, also will uh, happen in WIDBY as well. So, the, what, is, what does Microsoft think of this? I mean, uh, I, I remember at TechEd, I, I recommended that they look at this in, in you know, Make you an offer or something because I'd love to see it in Visual Studio. I'd love to see everybody using it. Well, the yeah, we would too. Well, part of the reason, well, um, I think the reaction is is mixed. I think there are people there that really like it and they see it and they and we've had a couple requests from people who need it. Yeah. that are in there. Um, another template group that we have are uh, are attributes, and so there are a lot of guys inside Microsoft that are writing a lot of attribute code, mm. and so we've got a lot of stuff with attributes as well. And and again, to make things simple, like if you're in a VB programmer. Your attributes all start with the angle bracket, and if you're in C sharp, it starts with that the square bracket. So you start the attribute template with that first character, whatever that is, and then you just pick the essentially you pick the uppercase letters of the attribute, and it'll spit it out. So it's uh, very very cool. So and import so, statements right. like you could type I S D S, and you get imports system data SQL client or I S D C. 
Right. Yeah, you pick, basically pick the uppercase letters of it, and if there's ambiguity, <laughs> you'll get a, a set of choices. Right, but you cool. can scroll through them with a tab. Key. You know, the, uh, we didn't accidentally just stumble upon this. It's, like I said, it's been in development for like you know easily seven years, and I actually had I actually started the the template language probably about ten years ago when I was working in a product called CodeWrite, uh, mm. and they had uh, templates and extensibility there, um, and and uh, it's evolved over time so that the templates got shorter and shorter and shorter. Because right. we really want it to be the smallest number of keystrokes possible. And that's the thing I should say right up front. And I don't know, Rory, have you used Code Rush or seen it? I've used I've used Code Rush, but um, what I've what I've done is probably been similar to your experience, where it's been demoed to me, like by yeah. Scott Hansman, for example. And that's when I've seen some of the really really cool features. Yeah. Well, the thing that I the thing I really got to come put across here is that it's very easy to just sort of categorize this as like a, an eye candy tool. Or something, you know, that's going to, you know, who, who needs another wizard, you know? Um, but it really is not for Moritz. It's for hardcore developers. It's for people who write a lot of code. And you guys even use this. And you're, you say you've been coding 12 hours a day, seven days a week for as long as you can remember. And when you're writing code, you're using Code Rush, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well... I was thinking about putting a joke in there. No, I'm using the, the yeah, same yeah, product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's um, uh, yeah. We we use it to uh, uh, we we use it to uh, uh, to work to write itself essentially. Right. There's a few times where I have to work without it when I'm doing some particular build or working on something in particular. But um, in general, we uh, you know like ninety something percent of the time where everybody on the team is using it. Yeah, and the fact is, it's just a and, and there's a lot to it, and that's the other side of the coin is that you, 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 right out of the box, it works really well. But if you really want to take, you really ought to take some time to set up. I mean, if you're really talking about shaving off a lot of time yeah, in, well, in development. You know, your, you, your, your earlier comment about it not being for Mort's, that's, you know, I, I should probably say just a little bit on that. I, I think that it's, this is the kind of product that you can get a lot out of if you're willing to dive in and and, right. and, and tackle the learning curve. There is a right. learning curve associated with it. Yes. It's not like you're going to, if you just install it and you do nothing else, you'll maybe get a, a 2 or 3% increase in productivity, not much. Oh, I think but, more than that. Well, yeah, I guess, it, you know, it's yeah. a little bit. It's, right. not, it's not a lot. Okay. If you, but there are some benefits that happen without doing any research. Like yeah. there, there, there is, uh, uh, this, the, the latest release we're about to come out has something called structural highlighting, which basically draws little, uh, uh, light little uh, connecting lines between, uh, 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 like, blocks, like a trifinally or something. Right. So you started, you started this product for Delphi, right? That's right. And I was a Delphi, I was really a Pascal guy for a long time. Um, you know, I, you know, had some training in, uh, in basic a long, long, long time ago. I want to say like 20 years ago or something like mm. that. Uh, I've done some assembly stuff. Uh, I was punching in hex code numbers a long time ago on a little Z80 board that I had. Uh, and <laughs> it and all so, comes back to Z80 well, somehow, doesn't it? Pascal was a lot better than than those than those other things that uh, you know when at the time when it came out. Yeah. And uh, and so I've been working on it, doing it for a long time. Um, and uh, I remember uh, I was talking to uh, uh, one of the guys over at uh, Borland and. This was this was at a time when they were actually uh, talking to me about getting the CDK, which was another the component developer kit, which right. was, was at the time was a really really cool code generator. Um, it was cool because at the time all their code generators would stick in little comments say don't touch this code, mm. you know, yeah, they, or, or else the, you'll break things, you know, that kind of thing. They do that now in Visual in Visual Studio. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. The, 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 the component the, designer well, generated code. Do right. not. You, 
you know, do not modify using the code editor. Right, and the right, first right. thing I do when I teach people this is like, all right, let's modify this using the let's code go editor. In there, yeah. Well, you know, that, <laughs> eh, get rid of that, get rid of that. Well, rid of it's that. just to show you that, you know, the reason that they don't want you in there is not because you can't rewrite their code, but because you don't own it. You know, sure, sure. Well, but they do a really good job of parsing that, you know. So you yeah, can, do. in Visual Studio, you can make changes. It's essentially two-way. But in, back in those days when CDK came out, this stuff wasn't two-way. And we basically said, well, look, let's throw away this concept of storing the structure of your design in a separate file. Let's use the source. Yeah. And and uh, so CDK was um, was kind of revolutionary at the time. And Borland was talking to us about putting the CDK actually inside Delphi 3. And I remember at the time I was talking to one of the guys at Borland, and I said, you know, I have this idea for this other product. It's kind of a, a code, you know, a productivity enhancer, kind of editor, plug-in kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm going to break into your IDE in a way that I know you guys aren't going to like. And this is how I'm going to do it. Mm. And they were like, you know, uh, well, that's not the approved way of getting <laughs> in. And that's essentially what, what started it. Oh, was, wow. uh, is, was was a little bit of that discussion. And, and I know how I can get in, and I'm getting in. So. And, the, you know, if, no, if you never met Mark, I mean, he's just a very on- energetic person all the time on 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 uh you know showing him the 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 preview of the dotnet rocks movie roy uh yeah. it wasn't just like hey come check out the movie it was like hey dude pause that for a minute yeah i've been to film school let me give you a couple of pointers <laughs> he's like now if you turn your head this way and your head this way you can do it. he's like drawing graphs it's and so there's stuff on the whiteboard yeah, and he actually gave me a lot of great pointers and I'm really, really soaking it all up, too. I saved him like a four-year education. He I totally too. did. Yeah, he totally did. <laughs> so, uh, so you know, this is the kind of uh, the mind that, uh, that that Code Rush came out of. So. Well, I'm also extremely impatient. I'm so impatient. Like, when I listen to your show, yeah. I, I crank up the speed to like two <laughs> or three times. And you guys are all sounding like, you know, the, the Alvins. I just can't sit there for that long, you know. I gotta, it's got to go faster. Yeah. So I'm 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 kind of well suited for doing this kind of product. I'm naturally extremely impatient. And so what is the, what what? All <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, what uh, made you decide to abandon Delphi and move over to VisualStudio.net? Well, um, I think I was. Uh, the short answer is is that I was frustrated with uh, some of the uh, I guess the lack of momentum I was seeing out of Borland in the IDE. Okay. And uh, and I and uh, they were about to release the C Sharp Builder at the time, yeah. and I was like, you know, let's let's where's the next version of Delphi? Right. And uh, and at the time I had my own company. I wasn't with Developer Express. And uh, and one of the things I was you know kind of getting from other vendors and that were you know in the third party market was you know market is uh, is shrinking, and for us that we mm. weren't quite seeing it yet you know but other vendors were seeing it kind of giving I was getting this warning kind of from other vendors yeah and uh, you know kind of comes out and you know you're at a conference and the other vendors are saying you know how are your sales doing you know that kind of thing and they're and you're like you know there's a bit mm. of concern in their voices and so you know. These things were happening, and, and there were some signs that the market was declining. And I was like, you know, you guys, I need you guys to come up with a new great product because when you're when you are in our position, we're essentially a, you know, hooking on. We're almost, you know, right. we're we're, yeah. we're 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 hooking on with the host application. If the host application, kind of like a parasite. Yeah, I was going to use the word parasite, and I was saying, ah, that's not going to marketing folks back. Kind of like a blood sucking squirm sucker. Yeah, I was just to say we're a little 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 parasitic in the sense that we 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 hop right in. But but if you're going to be in that business of selling this kind of add-on, the the host that you're hooking onto 
has got to be crappy enough that you other people see value <laughs> in your product, right? Okay. And yet at the same time, it's got to be good enough that it had, generates a market yeah, for you. Right. And they have to they have to kind of persist that level over time, and you have to leapfrog right. them yeah. and just be ahead of them all the time. Right. I was telling you earlier, you know, I think, you know, most people, I think when they think of a shelf life of a feature, they think of, well, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll invest the time, I'll write the feature, this is going to last me about two years, and then maybe my competitors will catch up or something along the lines. But I've got a, two years on this, so it's worth this much, this many developers, this much investment, this much resources. Mm-hmm. I think a lot shorter. I think, in, you know, for me, my minimum cutoff on shelf life is about six months. So if, if I can get six months out of something, I'll put one or two developers on that. When, and it, go ahead. When was the last time you took a vacation? Um, an official vacation was a long, long time ago. Something I actually had the word right, vacation. Long? When? Like I want to say, uh, I don't know, twenty something. You know, not eighteen years ago, maybe something like that. There's uh, that I can think of. You guys are all shaking your heads. <laughs> oh you know, God. you guys are acting like these Europeans. Not, I know I've got you probably European listeners, or at least will soon. But man, I'm going to say I'm a little bit critical. Of you Europeans, you take way too many holidays. Okay, yeah, including lunch. I'm like I work with some of these guys. Some of these guys are like on my team, and they're like going, they're like, oh, will I have another holiday? You know? And I'm yeah. like, another holiday? Come on, man. Come on. I'm over here. I'm working all night. Come on. You can, you can be with the team. You just took a three-hour lunch. You're just like... You're wasted on wine. And they're like saying, well, you know, Mark, there's other things to life. You know, you should yeah. enjoy it. And I'm like, a holiday. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> so, you know. And you see, you see Europeans. I, I, my, you know, I got two guys on my team that are um, from Russia. And they're like, you know, Mark, can we take a, a holiday? I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Not till the products are out. And they go, but when the products are out, it'll be cold here in Russia. And we'll be all okay. I say, you're getting the products out now. Get those products out. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I I just, some people don't see eye to eye with, you know, yeah. you know with me on yeah. some of these issues. Okay, hang on a second. I'm writing this down. Remember never to work for Mark Miller. <laughs> okay, there we go. So so, the, so you weren't seeing a level of innovation with Borland, and you had just received an, the award from them like six months earlier, so they must have been pretty crushed, or were they? Yeah, I think they were, they were a little bit upset, but... Um, you know the and, and the, but you know to me it was it was the thing that really bothers me I think the most out of it was really my customers because yeah. because you know when I this was before I moved to Developer Express I had yeah. a, a huge following of fanatic Delphi Code Rush users right and and they were all like Mark why aren't you committing to Delphi you know yeah. when is it coming out I see you're going to do a Visual Studio product you talked about that when's this when's this other thing you know yeah. coming out and right. I and I couldn't commit to it I couldn't commit to it because I. I didn't see, I, I had no sense of when this other thing was coming, how good it was going to be. And they had already also warned me that they were going to, they were changing the, uh, uh, changing the IDE around, I think, and I, and, and that, which would cause a number of rewrites on my part anyway. Obviously, the link between these two environments and, and all the things you're doing is Anders Hausberg, right? Right. So how, how was it moving from uh, writing plugins for Delphi to writing for Visual Studio to that? Similar? Better? Worse? What's, um, what's the well, story it's there? kind of a mix, uh, I guess. Uh, at first, I think for probably the first five weeks, I really hated C sharp. All I was thinking about was 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 all the you know all the limitations compared to my previous environment. Yeah. And, and I, I I would you know I would uh, create uh, I, I had this list of you know what sucks about C sharp, and I would say you know I'd see something I say oh well, let me go add that to the list. And then you know we had this other you know we we had this whiteboard. We were all in this. Um, it was actually kind of a cool time because we had we had like three three guys at any time in one apartment, and we were all writing code like 16 hours a day, every day. And then, you know, one time I had to go drive back home and I found out the other guys were like hanging out by the pool the whole weekend. Can you believe oh, it? Oh, man. So anyway, but we're all You're there. <laughs> Europeans. 
<laughs> yeah, one of them was. Yeah, that's good, one, Rory. one of them was a European man, just like that. Yeah, you know, it's like I. Six, six, I mean, six. show me a European country where they're not taking holidays all the time. What's going on, man? You know, all right. that won't be so I, hard. All right, don't don't send me emails. This no. is, I didn't say that. <laughs> so, okay. All right, so I love Europeans. I love all no, Europeans. They're great, except for they take too many holidays, man. This so, show is going downhill. All right, I'll, I'll six six six. Let that's me, what you are. All right, man. All right. So, so uh, we're we're all in there writing code. What the what the heck was your question? There? I don't know. It was about, you know Andrew Salzberg and oh, yeah. Turbo computers. Pascal and so, so C Sharp and we had this whiteboard and yeah. we had on the you know our to do list our task list and you know I guess number seven was you know kick Andrew Andrew Heilsberg's ass right <laughs> and that kept bubbling up as I would see things like like why the heck didn't he put virtual static methods in here in C Sharp and this was in oh C Sharp yeah okay. this was in C Sharp right because I'm like I'm like you know I'm I'm running into obstacles because I'm I tend to work in a really decoupled architecture, yeah. right? I want to have I want to have classes. You know, the whole plugin architecture is about you know doing things like instantiating. You know, much later, and we're instantiating instances of classes that we have no idea about when we compile. Right. Like you're going to write a plugin. We want to instantiate you. And in order to do that, we want to, in, in some of the classes we have, we want to get a little bit of information about you before we create you. Yeah, that'd be and, nice. And so one of the, the, the best way to do that is with a virtual static method because I can just make a call on an ancestor that provides some sort of default, you know, answer. And then you'll override that in your plugin. I'll get a little bit of information. I'll say, okay, I got the, that information. Uh, and when I say static, what's the equivalent in VB? Shared. Shared? Yeah. Okay, so... So I, I, I'd make that, and I get my information to say, okay, now I'm going to create you in this appropriate way for you. Yeah. Well, that doesn't exist. So what we have to do instead is we have to use attributes and reflection. And, right. and, and you know, since then, you know, the, 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 my obsession with kicking uh, Anders' butt, and now that he knows this, like he's going to run away from me every time yeah, I say, yeah, hey, right. hey, Anders, how's it going? <laughs> but but my, my obsession with that is like, you know, it's off the list. It's like this is such a um, – th- all of the issues that I essentially put on my list – we found essentially workarounds to or maybe better ways of doing things. And we mm. were like, re- relatively okay. I still would love to have virtual static methods, yeah. but I'm okay with it. And, you know, part of the reason why I'm w- okay with it is because, uh, uh, you know, I got some other guys too that are writing that code that I don't have to touch. So. And you actually uh, met him and, and uh, <laughs> yeah, talked about some of this stuff with him, right? Yeah, I was, it was good because, well, first of all, before that, I, I had like weeks of therapy, right? You know, anger, aggression, <laughs> kind of, you know, management therapy. So I, I, I knew I was okay. Kill I so. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I met him at, uh, I met him, at, I, I met him twice, actually. I met yeah. him in um, uh, a, a Borland conference, I want to say like 12 years ago, maybe. Wow. Um, I, I went up to him. Now, this is the guy that also was the architect for Turbo Pascal. Right. And at the time, I'd been working, like I say, you know, massively, you know, lo- loads of hours in Pascal. I, I, he was at the conference at some special, you know, social event at, at a, a museum. It was in San Francisco of innovation, I think is what it was or okay. something like that. I, I go up to him and I say, wow, Anders Heilsberg, this is like meeting my God. You create my world that I live in every day. And he's like looking at me like I'm some kind of freak, you know, and uh, and, uh, you know, he's kind of, you know, trying to back away, looking for, you know, you know, somebody to get him out of a conversation. And and but, uh, you know, that was that was my first meeting with him. And it was like it was really remarkable. So (laughs) and so when you when you got into Visual Studio and you started looking at the architecture, um, were there things that impressed you about the .NET platform that didn't exist in in Delphi? Um, 
Or oh yeah, things- well, you know, yeah, actually, there's, you know, I, 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 I told you all the negative stuff because this is like the first time I'm diving in after, you know, all this experience. Right, I think right. Whenever you change a language, your natural reaction is anger. Why don't they have right. this particular thing? You know, and then you go, you know, the other ones. You got denial and and bargaining. You know, at one point <laughs> I was, you know, trying to exchange, you know, virtual methods for for a better lifestyle and and, and then acceptance yeah, finally, and right. finally acceptance, right? And I'm cool now. And so, uh, but um, complacency. Uh, uh, so, um, so. There, when I first got in and was looking at the .NET architecture, there were some brilliant things. There, were, I would see things where I would say, "Look at this, man! We can do this in like two lines of code." Yeah. The, here's an example of, of a brilliant C sharp thing. The for each language yeah. construct is brilliant. Mm. It's sweet. It reduces complexity of the code. It makes it easier to understand. We had that me before. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. I said it something in my throat. All right. So Sorry. it's it, that was was awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I saw that and I said that that is really really good. Um, uh, and then just .NET architectural things. Just it was easier to do things. The .NET architecture was much much better yeah. than the uh, architecture I previously lived on. Um, the other, the second thing that was really I think very very impressive to me, and this is like something that only somebody that's trying to hook in to the Visual yeah. Studio would appreciate, is I was going into the, I was looking at their interfaces inside Visual Studio for you know how do you hook in with the editors, and I was seeing stuff in there that I've been asking you know Borland for for like years, and yeah. it was already there. And I was like, "This is sweet," you know. I've got, yeah. and, and also seeing, I was seeing a lot of indications of, of the whoever designed this was thinking really, really hard about making this right. Mm. And so those were two of my other reactions early, early on. So I was, I, I there was a balance between you know, kind of my natural kind of you know, not wanting to get into this other new language, and this this other thing, which was you know, I was seeing real signs of brilliance and beauty um, over here. Wow. So, that's awesome, and and again, it's been out since February. Code Rush, right? And you're coming out with a new version, I guess. Uh, there was some right, we have an update. Uh, I'm sorry, wait, wait, I was just gonna say we have an update. I think it's probably gonna be here on Monday, is when I think it'll be. Right. So, and that's the free update to anybody who's who's got it now, and uh, uh, I'm sure they'll be notified. Yeah, very right. cool. Well, uh, along those lines, along, along the yeah. next version lines, sure. um, something I was I was wondering about. First of all. There's some people uh, in the chat room who are saying that I can't talk as quickly as you can. I just want to point that I can still talk pretty quickly myself, okay? Um, and I wanted to say that, uh, that, uh, that uh, so Whidbey's coming out, and you were talking earlier about how some of the features that we've seen in Code Rush are right. showing up in Whidbey, at least in some form or another. You have, to, you have to tab through or you have to accept each change. Are you planning any, like, super whiz-bang uh, changes to Code Rush to um, extend its scope a little bit wider so that uh, some of the areas that um, are being competed for uh, by would be uh, so you've just got more going on um, and I, I know that I do work for the man and you might not want to tell me these things but um, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm happy um, to listen well you know we we uh, I guess the answer is yes um, one of the um, w- one of the interesting features is coming out in Whidbey is called definition window is what I think it's called and it uh, the essence of the features as you move the carrot around it shows you the declaration for the piece under the carrot uh, and when I say carrot, I mean cursor for everybody yeah, else, yeah. right? So I got to for us, we got to <laughs> we call got that. we got to call carrot versus cursor because it's real specific what, yeah. what we're talking about. But when I say us, I mean on the team. But um, so that actually is a feature that came out in Code Rush for uh, I think Delphi four is when we had something very similar. I mean, it was actually a little bit cooler than the one that they're putting out now. We had things where um, a really really sweet thing where if you put the carrot on a uh, on a method call. And that method call uh, had inherited side effects. You would see those in a UML diagram live on the fly that would only show you the inherited side effects. Uh, as an example, what I mean by that is if I, I call a method, it's got an override, 
you know, that it overrides another one, well, it's most likely going to call the virtual, and we can see that inherited chain, uh, and we can jump to those by clicking on the pieces in there. So that, that's an example of something uh, that, in, in, and there's kind of two things going on here. One of the things that's going on here is it's information in parallel, right? You're seeing the code. When you have a question on the code, you move your eyes down. Right, and then the answer to your question is most likely there. Like, what type is this, or what is this declared? Where's yeah. you know, what's hmm. what does this method look like? Right. Okay, um, and then the second thing that's going on there is that in addition to showing you the code, we also sometimes under the right conditions we show you the UML diagram. Okay, hmm. so hmm. so 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 what we're going to do is we're going to basically uh, up the ante on that particular feature for uh, would be sometime in the future. I can't say exactly when that's going to come out, but uh, we're going to we're going to push this thing to the limit. So it's going to be kind of like the you know the. the I, I think it's going to sound really hokey when I say this, but it's going to be like having a, like a really really good programmer right next to you all the time. And if you have a question, you hmm. just move your eyes a few degrees, and the Sweet. answer to your question is going to be there. And that's that's cool. the essence of it. And and do you, do you, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Car. Well, I was going to ask you. Do you do you ever uh, read Chris Sell's site, SellsBrothers.com? Sometimes, yeah, I do. His his yeah, dad said something like, "Don't mix the goddamn jelly and the peanut butter," or something like that. <laughs> you, you do read it because yeah, he did. He did write about that. But um, there was a, there was another post called uh, "Good Idea Builders in Visual Studio Code View." Did you happen to see this one? No, because I didn't see that one. This is something that is not implemented in uh, in Whidbey and. Uh, Code Rush doesn't do it right now either, and it's at knockgartner.com slash posts slash 509.aspx, and it really is uh, a very cool feature, and I mean, I'm just saying that I personally would like to be coding with this, and if it's not going to show up in Wait, Wibby, wait, wait, are these the, um, are these the little uh, kind of like drop-down uh, folders that come in the code, that show up in the code? It's like you type in something. Kind of, for like, yeah. I think the example on that site is like for um, for doing, uh, I want to say SQL paths. An something. X path. Or an X path, yeah. right. Yeah, I did see yeah. that. I have seen that, yeah. I, I, I did see that. Um, uh, I, I had, you know, some good and, and negative reaction. The, the, one of the positive reactions mm -hmm. is is um, it's, it's a great idea to put tools to help you do things that are very complex in a flat style. In other words, it's not a modal dialog that comes up. It's something that, hey, if you don't want it, you can click right. somewhere else on the code. Flat is good. Having assistance in building code is good. Uh, however, if I was, you know, on the on the the uh, uh, either the language teams or the you know .NET architecture team, you know, that's the signal to me from that would be, hey, you know, we got to make the architecture easier to work with so people don't have to do this crap to begin with. Um, mm -hmm. That would be the first place mm -hmm. I'd want to fix that. The the uh, the second reaction I had is at least the examples that they had on that page um, obscured a huge amount of code, and and I really mm -hmm. don't I really am against you know putting up any kind of UI that hides your code. Uh, okay. uh, frequently you need to see it, and so I, I try to keep everything really minimalistic. So that was kind of a reaction as well. And then I guess my third thing is I, I guess I was thinking well you know any of these areas that are problems Microsoft probably is going to come back and say you know what yeah that was hard to work with here's an easier way in the next version it's going to totally rip apart the need for it anyway. So it is. It's there are you know there are good things and bad things, but I want to I want to kind of solve the problem in a smaller way, hmm. you know, definitely non-modal way. So okay, all right, but well, okay, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's very just satisfying. don't. Yeah, I mean, the thing we the moral of the story is don't mix the peanut butter with the yeah. jelly. That's the moral of the story, <laughs> right? Ever keep them separate. Ever, yeah. And on that <laughs> note, we're going to uh, pause here for uh, a feature that we do on the show called the Weird Wide Web with Kirk Webb. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty Utterly good. amazing. Pretty good. Horrible. Oh, no.
This is where we strive. Jeez, Carl. You, you, ask, you ask the guy how he's doing, then you put on the I music, know. you bastard. I'm sorry. I'm so stupid. I'm such an idiot. That's my fault. My fault. Fired. I picked you. Fired. Nice, okay. nice. So, sorry about that. What is happening, my friend? Uh, well, lots are going on, actually. I've been scouring, uh, scouring uh, the web. And by the way, for those who don't know what this is, this is the, uh, the, the epitome of high culture on .NET Rocks. This is where we strive to achieve perfection <laughs> and greatness, <laughs> and uh, it's all about development and coding and programming. And ethical conduct. And ethical. Pro- As a matter of fact, we have a new .NET Rocks ethics committee, and we've appointed Kirk Webb to be the president of that committee. Congratulations, Kirk. Thank you. Thank Congratulations. You. It's a mighty honor. We didn't talk about it, Carl, but can I can I be the treasurer? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> of course. All right. So what you got for us? Well, today I'd like to introduce everyone to Modern Moist Towelette Collecting. <laughs> this is shrinkster.com slash KS. That's Kilo Sierra. Kilo Sierra at shrinkster.com. Modern okay. Moist Towelette Collecting. These guys take their moist towelette collecting... <laughs> Very seriously. We have the gallery, the awards, the MMTC, that's Modern Moist Towelette Collecting theme song. Oh, no. As well as a Moist Towelette <laughs> Remember game and an all-new interactive anatomy of a Moist Towelette. This is insane. It's a really, it's actually a pretty cool site. There's, um, the awards is actually pr- probably my favorite. Um, the site actually is pretty slow. Yes, it is. I was noticing it. Surprise. They did the typical thing of taking a four gigabyte image and shrinking it to a thumbnail. Running it off a Mac. We had this conversation last time. Yeah. Let me play the... I I actually like this because I think think tell that's cool. cool. Let let me play the uh, the song here. The uh, the, uh, words of the song. (laughs) You're soft. You're soft. You're well. That'd be quite enough of that. <laughs> I feel so dirty, man, after hearing that song. <laughs> I need a moist towelette, I think. Yikes. So what are they ha- what's in the gallery, for example? Uh, the the moist- gallery is just uh, moist towelettes from around the world. Uh, the awards section is actually the uh, is the best. Um, These guys need... Uh, I wonder why they couldn't afford you know, a real ISP so that they could serve up their moist towelette pictures and things. I think my favorite is the um, strangest place to find a towelette. They actually have the Wizard of Oz on ice towelette. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Wow. Oh, my gosh. Special purpose. They should be handed out everywhere. The sad thing is that there are places considered strange to receive towelettes. It should be weird to not receive a towelette. And that coming from Rory is uh, (laughs) unbiased opinion right there. (laughs) <laughs> you are a moist towelette. Well, not handing out a towelette is like handing out gonorrhea. You know, that's a very good point. I mean, I can't remember the, how many times I've been in line for gonorrhea and haven't... Well, that's another story entirely. It really is. All right. So what else do we have? Ooh, anyway, well, actually, we have another... I know a place you won't have to wait in line. But. <laughs> <laughs> this is part of Roy's relationship. Yeah, exactly. That's, right. about that's what we were talking about. I think Roy's confused. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I don't need, you don't need therapy for that. You need some penicillin, man. <laughs> hey, penicillin's overrated. It really is. Ooh. Anyway. Just eat a moldy orange. <laughs> it's the same effect. Eat some blue cheese. Hot iron. Anyway. 
Um, <laughs> show's going downhill, bro. This show is going downhill. <laughs> gutter, gutter. Six, six, six. This is an update to our favorite, the Tron guy. Oh, Frankster, yeah, yeah. com forward slash KT, that's Kilo Tango, is uh, our update. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty scary, huh? This is uh, our Tron guy, our favorite Tron guy. Who knew guy, this guy was so famous? Jay Maynard. He actually, to be honest with you, we were actually late in the game. We only got on, caught on to huh. him last week. He's already been on Jimmy Kimmel Live wow. and uh, has his own show. You obviously know class when you see it. Uh, yeah, I'm all about class. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, so, I, to be honest with you, So, what is this? This is like a, a live theater thing where he's going to be there signing autographs or something? Uh, before a presentation of Tron in Austin, Texas. I really wish we could have, like, you know, known about this or if it was local and have him on the show. How cool would is that it be? Is it today? Today and tomorrow, yeah. Actually, oh, my God. But the problem is this is this is a radio show, so if we have him on with this, too, then yeah, what's the, the best that? part uh, is... Well, that's footage for next year's .NET Rocks movie. Yeah, that probably. <laughs> okay, enough of him. Enough of him. What's next? All right, my uh, third and final entry. Thanks, God. <laughs> you can only take me in small doses. <laughs> Shrinkster.com forward slash KU. That's Kilo uh, uniform. uniform. Thank you. Very good. What would we do without Mark here? This is... Oh, <laughs> Bumper Dick. dumper. Uncle Booger's bumper dumper. <laughs> Need some moist towel. Yeah, that's with that thing. That's great. All right, so what is this, really? It's actually a toilet seat. You can... Um, it's actually attached to a, it. Looks like a trailer hitch you can actually buy and put on the um, back of your car or well, truck. You know, you it's better than assembling a little toity out of logs exactly. with fire ants on the them. The question is, what happens? <laughs> no, it if isn't. You know, if Uncle Booger is on the on the toilet and cousin, you know, Tiny is, drives away, are you yeah, stuck really. there in traffic? God bless America. So it says at the end. Well, it is. It's all about that. So wow. can you order these things? Fifteen, fourteen ninety five. Such a deal. It's actually the exact same price as AstroWare Pass Life software. Oh, my. It's a 500-pound booger bumper dumper <laughs> holder. <laughs> that is. Goodbye. Uh, goodbye. And with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll catch you on the other side of the hour while, uh, after we pay the bills and listen to some music. struggling with some reporting software that's way too complicated for what you're trying to do? Are you just trying to make a couple of reports to spit out in an application? Or 10, 11, 12, 20 reports, but you don't really want to set up a reporting server and it's not that kind of a situation? Well, you got to check out activereports.net from Data Dynamics. www.datadynamics.com. They're an avid sponsor of .NET Rocks. They've been with us pretty much since we started uh, doing live shows. And uh, 
they're great stuff. We, we, we went to them and we said, we'd like you to be a sponsor because we believe in your products. And they, uh, they signed up with us. And uh, what can I say? The, the greatest thing about ActiveReports.net is that, you know, the reports don't exist on a server somewhere. They exist with your code built into your assemblies. And you can use Windows controls and web controls to highlight the, uh, the, the, the features of the report. You can just compile them right in and they work. Uh, and the best part about it is it's not going to break the bank. Very, very uh, good and affordable licensing schemes. And uh, I personally use it. I have a lot of regional director friends and MVP friends and just friends in general that, uh, that use ActiveReports.net and swear by it. So check them, check them out.
Mr. Rory Blythe with his original song entitled Bitches. <laughs> Gotta come up with a better name. We should have played the Chris Sell song. Oh, we're going to. We're going to, but I didn't want to just oh, play no. it. Whoops, okay. I didn't want to just play it and, and not oh, have see. any context <laughs> for it. So why don't you tell everybody what it is, <laughs> what the Chris Sell song is? Oh, well, all right, okay. So if any of you haven't heard, Chris Sells, um, who's this, uh, he's this computer guy. Yeah, I know Chris Sells. Does computer stuff. Uh, he went to this thing called Burning Man, which is this giant festival out in the middle of the desert where all these hippies get together and stink at each other for, for a few <laughs> days and uh, kind of like swatted each other's flies. And, uh, and Chris went out there with his kilt, right? Because the deal is that if you go to Burning Man and you're not wearing something really nasty like three-year-old underwear or no underwear at all and maybe just like your own... Uh, I'm not going to finish that sentence. Just the point is, when you go to Burning Man, you want to kind of stick out a little bit. And if you if you aren't sticking out, then uh, you are sticking out, if that makes any sense. And so Chris didn't want to stick out, so he went out there with his kilt, and uh, and he went out there with his wife. And I was sitting in a hotel room in Denver, and I was all by myself, and I had just read Chris's uh, blog entry about it, and I was I was just kind of bored, and you know, I, there's no air in Denver, so I was a little bit loopy. And I wrote this song using uh, a wastebasket, and, and I was just singing. Although, are we going to play the original we'll or play the remix? Both. Yeah, we'll start with the original, right? Oh, okay. So here's the original yeah, burning. And then after the original, this... Oh, okay. Here's yeah. the original burning. <laughs> I hear Chris when dancing, when dancing all around. When dancing up a storm in his tartan man gown. When dancing round a fire, round a pie, and round again. I hear Chris when dancing with his love, the burning man. They asked him where his love, where his love could then be found. He said, that's her there, dancing round and round. I love her more than life, as much as I love mom. Heck, I love her more than dawn loves calm. I hear Chris when dancing, when dancing all around. When dancing up a storm in his tartan man gown. When dancing round a fire, round a pyre, and round again. I hear Chris when dancing with his love. The burning man dance, Chris, dance, dance, Chris, dance, dance, Chris, dance. You're not wearing any pants, dance, Chris, dance, dance, Chris, dance, dance, Chris, dance. You're not wearing any pants. They 
found him the next day, no longer on his feet. He was sleeping on the ground like a royal deadbeat. The mad dog had run dry, his needs had all been met. And yet he cried because he missed his dear dot net. I hear Chris went dancing, went dancing all around. Went dancing up a storm in his tartan band gown. Went dancing round a fire, round a pyre and round again. I hear Chris went dancing with his love of burning man. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Very nice. Excellent. Yeah, so 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 I I wrote that little guy and then uh, and then recorded it and put it out on the web and I thought that would be the end of it. It'd be a little bit of fun we'd have, you know, just yeah. for a couple uh-huh. of days. And then this buddy of mine, Jason Olson, at gigswithblogs.net slash J Olson, um, sends me an email on Friday night and he says something like, "Hey, you know, I've got a present for you." And I didn't want to put it up on my blog because I thought you might find it offensive. And I listened to it, and I was just on the floor, just crying. I, I couldn't, I could not believe um, what I was hearing. So I call this the Jason Olsen Psychedelic Leader Hosen Remix. <laughs> I hear Christmas dancing, dancing all around, and dancing with the storm in his tartan man gown, and dancing round the fire, round the fire, and round again. I hear Christmas dancing with his love burning man. So awesome. That was you don't understand. Yeah, so that was that was done by a buddy who just kind of ran. He just had a spiritual experience. This was yeah. religion. Roy, man, that I'm like, I'm like between that and the toilet seat that goes in the back of your truck. I'm like on the best show you again, guys have ever. We done, have to okay. like take a pause <laughs> the here because room, the chat room's like again, again, again. You just, you just don't know how awesome that was. I mean, I really seriously saw God there. I saw P Funk in concert. Nothing on that. No, that's just awesome. <laughs> oh my God. Well, anyway, Rory, uh, you know, this is the time in the show where you do that little segment we like to call Ask Rory, and we still don't have music. Oh, right. Yeah, that's I'm right. I'm sorry yeah. about that, but basically, Rory Blythe answers your questions on life, love, relationships, uh, fashion, dancing, uh, and jobs, and, you know, what else? Just about anything that you could possibly imagine. So, uh, we w- would like people to send their questions to... Rory at neopolian.com, and uh, he'll give them some thought and answer them on the show. So what you got? Okay, I've, I've got one this week. I, I, I actually got a few, um, but I'm going to – one of them was a little bit almost like too deep for the show. I'm, I might do it eventually, but, but not this one. So uh, the thing that's kind of weird is that they were serious questions this week. So I've got this guy. 
Uh, his name is Ralph uh, Luizzo. And he says, so love Donna Rocks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I've been building business applications for business for six plus years. First in VB, then VB Access, and now using .NET. Um, I like C Sharp. Uh, I like C like languages and so on and so forth. Because I'm on limited range of knowledge and a limited budget, I've been wondering if it's worth developing DB apps with MySQL and C Sharp as opposed to SQL Server. We don't currently have SQL Server. We're going to make the change soon to something better. What do you think? Should we go Windows Server 2003 plus SQL Server or stick with a WinXP computer running My MySQL? What I would say is that uh, I, I mean, I, I've had some luck with, with MySQL. I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with it. But if you're going to be doing .NET stuff, you might as well go with something that, you know, like from the ground up had, had SQL Server in mind. And you can, you can use MSDE right now, which is basically just the SQL Server engine with a workload governor on it. So it starts to slow down after you have five open connections. Um, but a lot of projects out there really aren't ever going to hit five open connections anyway. And, and you can, you know, do some aggressive caching to prevent that from, from taking place. And once SQL, the SQL Server Express is out, you're going to be able to... Uh, you'll have a full SQL Server install that you can use, provided it's on a server that only has one CPU. And then there's like a RAM limit. I forget what the RAM limit is, but it's something that's more than, than some production servers I've used that were running full-blown SQL Server. So you do have some options. You don't have to go the MySQL route if you don't want to. You can stick with WinXP, install MSDE, and use it just like you'd be using SQL well, Server. Well, that was funny. The cost maybe like that was, that was really funny, right? Twenty bucks plus. Well, you know what though? Jeez, <laughs> I'm stop. He had Please. he had his, he had a serious question. He had a serious question, and, and I'm answering his question. I'm answering his question. <laughs> um, so the guy gets tired of Microsoft, man. I know. Hill, man. They, What's happening to you, man? <laughs> <laughs> I got a serious a question. Person, I gave a serious answer. answer. What am I supposed to do? Happening, Rory? Can't you see it? The man has got you. Got break well, free. I can see it, but it's through my Borg visor, so it looks kind of weird. So, Mark, let's talk about uh, uh, this new product that you're working on uh, that does refactoring. Sure. Um, it's This product's not out yet. Uh, it's uh, probably going to hit beta like early next week, uh, and it'll be available to uh, subscribers at Developer Express. Um, it's a refactoring tool, um, and I think the minute I say that, there are going to be people out there that say, what, what is he, crazy? Yeah. There's already, you know, Resharper... Uh, uh, and uh, there's another C-sharp refactory tool out there, I think, and uh, uh, and then, of course, Whidbey's coming out with refactoring as well. Right. And and then they're also probably thinking, well, wait, didn't he say six months? Is Mark going to make a product that's only going to have a total shelf life of six months? No, it's actually, this is this is a, this is a serious commitment to this tool. Um, it is a refactoring tool. It's got a number of really cool innovations. And also, oh, sorry, also Whidbey, um, you know, the, a lot of the refactoring support is just for C-sharp, right? That's what we understand so yeah. far. It and looks, your tool works with both. Right, yeah, yeah. and, and I, we didn't specify that with CodeRush either. But but uh, one of the neat things about the CodeRush architecture is that it is essentially language agnostic. We have uh, support plugins that, that understand the language, how to parse whatever language, and then uh, and then also how to generate code. And then CodeRush exploits those. Uh, and our refactoring product uh, also exploits those. Uh, uh, so right now we have support for C Sharp and Visual Basic. Uh, and so what that means is when we're building a, uh, a refactoring uh, uh, plugin for the refactoring tool, we write it without any kind of sense of what the destination language or the source language is. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, right. and what's cool about that is that we, we, we compile it and then we run it and we can, we can work it either under VB or under, uh, under C Sharp. So. Cool. So that, that, that's the that's that's the essence of the architecture. And it uses so so the refactoring product uses the C, the, uh, the Code Rush engine. Right. It, it's it, and and that's one of the things I didn't mention. This, this is actually kind of cool. Um, the Code Rush engine 
is uh, essentially free. You can download it from our site, and you, it includes wizards for creating your own plugins. It's a really powerful plugin architecture. If you want to extend Visual Studio in a way that, uh, you know, if you want to do custom painting on the editor, um, we got that nailed. And nobody, I don't even think Microsoft's going to be able to have as great of architecture as we have, you know, for a couple years. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really easy to do, uh, as an example. And the other thing is it's all component-based, component-driven. So if you want to build a component that, like, say, for example, paints XML comments in a particular way, like formats them, for example, right, right. there's an event called Paint Language Element. And you just double-click mm. on that event in the in the property inspector. You get some code, and then the event args that come in have got loads of methods for you know doing painting and lines and all sorts of stuff to make it really easy. So you don't have to worry about like where the heck is this on screen or is it even on screen. Right. You just get this event if it's on screen. One thing I like, and it wasn't really obvious, um, is that we were you were showing me this stuff earlier today. And uh, I was talking about, you know, there's one little piece of code that I need to use over and over again when I'm using components on multiple threads. And uh, I, I need to access the isynchronize invoke interface of some sort of synchronizing object, like the, uh, you know, the, the timer component does, for example. Um, when it gets a timer callback, that callback is happening on another thread, and it can't raise the tick event uh, right there at that point because uh, that would... That would be allowing the programmer, the consumer of that component, to use the, the, the event and write code in that event handler, which would be on another thread, and that's a no-no in Windows. So uh, you basically brought me through the, uh, the whole process of turning all of that code plus the references and the imports and all that stuff into like a, 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 a template with like four keystrokes in the spacebar. Yeah, I think it was, it was two very keystrokes. Cool. That's right. You wanted, you wanted to do more, and I was saying, no, make it less. Because right, right. The, the reason why we can do this is that each each template has a context associated with it. Yeah. So we know if you're in a, a, a method or a or or a class, and what 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 we did is we said, let's make it so this only expands when we're inside a class, but we're not in a in a in a method, not in a property, yeah. not in a string, not in a comment. And that was the context we assigned to this. And it was just SO, I think, right, for synchronization yeah, right. objects. Synchronizing and object, and yeah. so now you can just type in SO, hit the space bar, and it'll give you that when you're in that context. When you're inside a method, it doesn't. Yeah, that's we're – we're back to Code Rush, though, talking about the Code Rush. But um, uh, uh, the refactoring product runs on the Code Rush engine. You, and, and I guess one of the things to point out is that if we can release a product that's built on the engine that does something as complex as refactoring – Mm-hmm. You, you, it gives you a good indication of the power and the, and, the, and the design that we put into making this easy to extend Visual Studio. And we made the core free because we wanted to inspire people to write plugins for it and share them with other developers without forcing them to buy the product. Yeah, and also without having to learn the plugin syntax and the add-in syntax and all that other stuff right. that's really difficult to do. Right. Now, this is not, now in, in the plugin world, in terms of extending Visual Studio, there's like the extensibility model, which is a relatively easy way to get in to Visual Studio. This, is, this comes with Visual Studio built in. Uh, and then there's another uh, way to get in called known as VSTIP. And uh, the extensibility model has kind of got some easy stuff. You can do code generation and some things like that. And VSIP allows you to do really complex things like create a, your own language service, you know, if you wanted to create your own language and compiler, that sort of thing. And where CodeRush fits in is kind of between the two. It has a lot of power. And in fact, some things you can do in CodeRush that you just can't do in VSIP at all. And then it is also very, very easy to use. Yeah. So 
Okay. So back to refactoring. Yeah, okay. So I just wanted to say what here are the, what I think are the cool things about the refactoring product. Okay. Probably number one cool thing is you don't have to memorize a bunch of keystrokes for a bunch of different refactorings. It's one key entry point to refactoring. So we got one key. You hit it, and just like it, templates are contextually aware, right. our refactoring, our refactorings are also contextually aware, uh, but to a much a stronger sense. They understand where you are in the code, whether they're appropriate or not, that sort of thing. So what kinds of things can you do with it? Uh, well, you've got like uh, some of the real popular ones. You've got like extract method. Uh, Which it, does. Oh, sorry. It uh, takes a chunk of code out of a big method and puts it in its own method, gives you the calling the calling sub proc with all the parameters passed to it, and uh, and then uh, uh, and then calls the the proc right. And it calls yeah sorry it calls yeah. the proc and then and then on the uh, declaration side you get everything that you need. Um, it's uh, very cool, and that's one keystroke basically. Yes, right? yeah. Select the block you want to remove. Hit the keystroke. That's it. And Sweet. we have another one. We have a, a refactoring called introduced explaining variable, which <laughs> is uh, yeah. I know some of these names were we're basically <laughs> taking them from Martin Fowler, and you know some of them I'm thinking, God, I'm going to call it Fowler right now. Okay. Tell him he's just bumped up over Anders Heilsberg, and I'm coming over there because I don't like the name of this refactoring. But you know can't you can't change that. So yeah. so so you know we really played with that idea of of changing the names from a UI standpoint, but we ended up mm -hmm. kind of going let's let's stick with the names that most people know if they've read Martin Fowler's book uh, refactoring. Okay. So, uh, introduce explaining uh, variable. What it does is it, uh, essentially, if you've got an expression throughout the code that's repeated, right. Right. it says, you know what, let's take that and give it a name that is meaningful, as opposed to having this expression repeat itself everywhere. Okay. So, that's the same kind of thing. You basically uh, uh, select the expression, hit the key. Same key that you hit before to extract the method. And it creates a variable and replaces all the expressions yeah, of the variable. Exactly, declares it. Now, now some people maybe would think, well, what about ambiguity? What happens if there's more than one refactoring available? Right. And it's just a menu comes up and says, you know, extract method, you know, whatever the other option choices that you have. Sweet. Um, another one of the really cool features that we have in this is the ability to simplify uh, complex expressions. So we've got a really powerful expression simplification engine. So you can take like this massively complex if statement with loads of nots and ands and ors and mm -hmm. all of these things, mm -hmm. and you can say simplify the expression. And it will now resolve it to its simplest form. Nice. Um, and uh, and it's, this is the kind of thing that makes the, you know, if, if you, you demonstrate this, people say, oh, wow, that's great. You saved me like 30 characters or 10 characters. You know, it doesn't look that impressive. But if you are, you know, a high-end developer and you're maintaining code and you want to make it better and you're in there looking at it, there's a risk associated with you doing that because if you make a mistake, you've introduced a bug. And if you don't have a test case for this particular flow, you've introduced a bug that won't be caught. Yeah. And so it's it's it, there's a risk, and so as a high end developer, when you're in there looking at maintaining code, you know that risk, and you always weigh that before you go in to these kinds of you know gnarly methods or gnarly expressions. Right. And what's really cool is 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 we have a, a safe, fast way to be able to you know take that, and if you just on a you know instead of instead of having this this huge barrier, this huge cost associated with it, we've now got it where you can do this on a whim if you want to. And now that kind of gives you a little more freedom as a maintenance programmer where you can go in and say, hey, you know what, I've got a, I see I've got some complex, you know, nested conditionals here and I want to replace those nested conditionals with guard clauses. Yeah. I'm just going to hit a button and do it as opposed to, right. okay, now I've got to take this, move this up, let's right. carefully right. reverse this and, 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 and make sure you're, you're maintaining your focus through all of this change, which is, it's a lot of what the drudgery of doing maintenance programming is, is, is evaluating the risk at each point and, and, and weighing the cost of going in to make the code simpler. One thing I really, really enjoyed when, uh, um, when you were showing me this product today was everything seems to be centered around cut and paste. 
like you cut right. some you cut something um, a private member you paste it in another section of the code and it turns into something else like a property right, right. and so, so wherever so the context basically decides what gets pasted yes from what you have in the clipboard right and we and have that's this brilliant and that's what you were just talking about was a future in code rush we have similar in a similar entry point to refactoring as well. When you think about it, a cut and a paste is essentially a move, right? You're moving code. And if you cut from the right conditional, the right spot, and you paste it in the right contextual spot, and, and the code makes sense, we'll go ahead and say, hey, you know what? It looks like you tried to do an extract method. You just cut a big chunk of code out of a method, and you pasted it in right above, you know, yeah. inside the class. It doesn't make sense to do that, to paste raw code inside a class. Yeah. We know what you want to do. You're trying to do an extract method, so we're going to generate a method for you. We're going to give you all the right parameters mm -hmm. to it. So, again, it's the whole point is ease of use. We, don't want, we wanted to create a product that people didn't have to associate a learning curve with. So there's a new version of Code Rush coming out, right? Right. And in this new version of Code Rush, what are some of the things people can look forward to? And and you know, let's let's bring up the things that uh, that people complain about. Um, and in particular, there's the uh, something in this particular version right now that seems to slow down. And, right, the uh, one, that, the one, that, the 1.015 version, right? Right. Um, that that's addressed in this update, the update that's coming out uh, this week. Um, the slowdown uh, is there's like two two areas of the slowdown. It is related to a feature called linked identifiers, which if you, you've used Code Rush, uh, uh, they're basically, when you expand like a property template and you've got the declaration, you use the field reference it a couple times, you rename the field in one place, renames it everywhere else. That accelerates the rate at which you're going to hit that slowdown. Um, uh, for anybody who has it between now and then, the workaround, I posted this on the news group as well, the workaround, as soon as you kind of feel that sluggishness is to close the file and reopen it. Um, uh, but that has been fixed. It was related. It's At this point, we don't know for sure what it was related to other than it was fixed, but it's narrowed down to a combination of garbage collection, uh, the fact that we had a lot of small objects on and uh, we had a reference to those objects that was kind of hanging around longer than we needed it to. The reference was cleaned up when you closed the file, but as long as you had the file up, it, it was accumulating. Uh, and uh, I don't recall the other... Uh, um, uh, yeah, I don't recall what the other the third okay. possibility is, but that one that one is fixed. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. And what are some of the new features of uh, Code Rush that people can look forward to if they've already got in the new update? Yeah. Um, we have structural highlighting, which basically draws lines, shows right. you the connections between the open brace and the closed brace. Yep. Uh, well, the whole core is much more powerful than the previous one. Okay. So, uh, and that was needed to support the refactoring product as well, right? Because we were like saying, yeah. okay, we need to we need to get a little bit more here in the core so we can do the, the refactoring stuff. Um, there's a neat uh, uh, new uh, uh, feature called uh, Browse Recent Files, which uh, will uh, bring up a dialogue with all the recent files you've recently worked on, like the last 500 of them. And you just type in a, you know, a few characters of the file you want, and it says, oh, is it this one or this one or this one? You select it. Um, you know, and and uh, one of the things I'm, you know, we talk about we talk about reducing keystrokes. Even in this dialogue, we're really focused on on reducing things like keystrokes, mouse movements, and even eye movement. Uh, and one of the things you'll notice with a lot of our dialogues, if you have to enter anything in the dialogue, uh, that caret position is going to be right over the exact location of the caret position in the code when you started. So chances are you're looking at the caret when you bring the thing up, mm -hmm. and so your eyes are right in the edit point that you need to be in to enter your filter. Uh, in, uh, 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 and so in a lot of our dialogues, you'll see that. Uh, in the example of the, uh, the Browse Recent Files dialogue, it's got which a is a cool feature, by the way. I mean, okay. even if it wasn't, had, didn't have anything to do with writing code, just in, in any program to have that Browse Recent, 
I mean, you have the recently used file list, but it it's like what four files, and then it goes yeah, away. Yeah. The other thing is you're also having to scan that visually up and down, right? There's no way right. to filter through that. Right. Um, with this, you type in a few characters, and if you want, and, and right now, I mean, imagine your focus is in the edit box, right? You're yeah. typing in your filter, and then you see, well, the one I want is three down. Well, normally in a dialogue, you tab to the list sure. control and then go down. Yeah. But in Code Rush, in this dialogue, in fact, in all of our dialogues, it's like this that have this kind of combination of a filter and some list. Mm -hmm. You just hit the down arrow because a down arrow does not make sense in the context of a focused text box. Likewise, typing in characters does not make sense in a focused list box. And so we can combine these controls and, and add some logic that make them appear as if it's one seamless control and save you some keystrokes Very along cool. the way. And uh, Dan wants to know, does it load any quicker? Uh, no, it doesn't load any quicker. Uh, it's on our list to fix that. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, it's an important thing to do. Uh, we have to basically do load on demand for this stuff, and uh, and we have to be able to sense demand. And it's uh, is it any slower or just no change? Well, I, yeah, I would I would think it's probably no change. We have a couple more plugins, but I think there's also optimization okay. that's happened a little bit, not huge amount. Uh, so, uh, but it's stuff you guys are thinking about. And when is it coming out? Sometime early next week, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. That, so we that soon. Basically, we we uh, we got the. Uh, so by the time people are listening to this, it'll probably be ready. That's probably correct. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Was, there was a chance it was going to go out today, but I don't think it don't think it hit the uh, the website today. Wow, fantastic. Um, I I saw there was another question. Uh, how does it refactor simplify? Uh, right. And then there's another. It looks like it has a, another follow up. The first thing I'll say is, how does it simplify with expressions? What it does is it will resolve those. So if there's if there is uh, redundancy in the expression, uh, here's a simple example of redundancy. You have one check that says if x is greater than two, uh, uh, and you have another check that's coupled with that in an and combination, logically ended with it that says if x equals two, and well, we can say, well, if it's greater than or equal to. That's a really simple example. Uh, a more common example is when you have uh, a, uh, a not operator and uh, you have a bunch of expressions inside and one, of the, one or more of the expressions inside also have not operators inside of them. And so what we can do is we can evaluate that, evaluate that inversion all the way through and see if that evaluation comes up with a simpler uh, a simpler expression. And the way we measure that actually is we had to actually create our own uh, metric for measuring complexity. And uh, right. and uh, that's also built into plugins. So if you if you want to you want to create a plugin that does your own you know metrics evaluation, it's really easy to do. We've also got cyclomatic complexity already built in. Which what did you call that? Cyclomatic complexity. Is that a band from the eighties with a what is that? It should be should be. What does that mean? Cyclomatic complexity is essentially a measure of the uh, of the complexity of the code. From a, I guess, a structural point of view, it doesn't measure expressions, the complexity of expressions, but it doesn't measure. It measures a, a, a path split options. So, like an if statement, is 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 a situation where uh, uh, code might go inside the if or it might go outside the if. Yeah. Okay. And it also essentially the number represents the number of test cases you need to have for each method to be able to trace all the paths through it. So that's built in as well. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Ralph uh, Loizo. Ralph. Sorry if I mispronounced your name. But uh, he sent us a question. He says, is Code Rush more of a code generator or a code optimizer? 
That's, that's uh, a weird it's, question. No, it's a, it's a code rush is like a, a code generator, and refactor to some degree is a code simplifier is what I would call it. It helps you simplify the code, make it easier to maintain. Yeah, and the whole mm -hmm. idea, again, is uh, to you know reduce the number of keystrokes that you have to type to get to yeah. the code that you, you want. You know, I actually want to correct that. It's not a code, code rush is not a code generator. No, it's not really. It's really an efficiency slash productivity tool. That's it. Uh, and uh, uh, it, it does have the ability to actually generate some code, but it's not like you're going to go in some dialogue and maybe you know draw some pictures and then say go. It's not at all like that. It's you're writing the code. You know, if you're a guy who writes code, this is the it's the it's the right. that's and what it's the, written for. And it's extensible. Like the things that you do all the time, you can go in and add you know two character shortcuts for. And then instead of having to type them or pull them out of somewhere, I mean, it could be a big big old block of code. You just uh, you type those shortcuts at the space bar, and boom, there it is. It's just fantastic. And it really is. Roy had one other question. He was said, does it, does, does it extract method automatically from inside the ifs? Um, no, it does not do that. It's not going to do an extraction automatically you know, without your consent. Uh, uh, however, consent is also measured by hitting this keystroke, right? So if, you've got a, if you uh, basically select uh, an expression automatically inside like your, your if block that's really complex, what it will do is it will go out and it will uh, either generate uh, an extract method uh, or it might generate a uh, uh, essentially what we call an ext extract property uh, if conditions are right to do it. In other words, there are no parameters needed to it, and it just returns one result. Uh, so, and that also, if you've set that option up to say, hey, if it if there are no parameters to it and it only has one you know one result, make it a property instead of a method. Well, uh, Mark, at the risk of starting a war here, I want to bring up something that uh, that. Uh uh, that you have thought a lot about, which is future user interface for uh, the future of user interface for software development. And you also picked up on something that Rory was talking about on an earlier show, and uh, which was about some 3D UI project right. that's going on. Rory, what was that? It's the Looking Glass project Looking from Sun, Glass. and it's it's not exactly 3D. It's more like pseudo 3D. At least in my opinion, because it's the same old 2D windowing system, but with a Z-axis. Okay. And to me, that isn't exactly 3D. It's like trying to take an existing system and just add a dimension to it and hope it works. Right. It's not something that was designed from the ground up to work in three dimensions. Yeah. It's just a. It's just an add-on. You know, I've kind I've of like when we kind of like when we added the Y-axis. You know how we started out with just like the X-axis. <laughs> yeah, man, that was we just that, had that line like of the, pixels across. That was the old, That was really tough. In the to program there was only number lines. Days. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah. Well, before that, there was just a point. You remember that? We're all sitting around the campfire. Oh, yeah. Zero, zero. You know, somebody said, well, let's, you know, let's change the origin. You know, big deal. So, um, yeah, well, I, I, had, I heard you guys talk about this a while back, and, I, you know, you guys both kind of dismissed it as, like, you know, hokey, and I was like, well, wait a second. You know, 3D has potential. Um, not, not 3D in, has potential. Well, no, I mean, as a, as a, as a yeah. UI kind of effective thing. Um, there's two examples that, that I have. One is kind of a, a fun one, and the other one is, uh, is real. One of them is, uh, as an example, in CodeRush, one of the things that we do is we have the ability to drop a marker to save a point, you know, where you want to be. And then when you go somewhere else in the code, you can hit escape to jump back to that location. What we do is we draw a little, what we call a locator beacon. It's kind of a soft little uh, concentric circles that kind of go in on the, on the location. The purpose behind that is that if you have a really large monitor and you've just changed the cursor, you've jumped to a new location in the file, we want to get your eyes kind of looking at the right spot. Mm. Um, and, and that would be a cool thing to do in 3D where it comes out. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're really seeing it as 3D, that would be a cool thing to kind of start a little bit closer to you move away. In other words, you can use 3D yeah. to accent certain kinds of things to kind of say, hey, look over here a little bit, you know. And, and I'm not talking in a huge way. I'm talking in a really subtle way, and it could be useful. Yeah. Then the sure. fun... The fun and and, and just, just to be fair, though, that isn't really what we dismissed. We, just, we, we were talking more about, like, a whole... 
windowing system that was just sort of tacked on to okay. an existing OS. The, the, but but uh, I know what you mean there. And, and the idea of the arrow, I mean, that makes sense to me. Yep. The, what um, you're talking about. The, the, the fun thing that I want to do with 3D when I have the ability to do like, you know, um, you know 3D caption bars and stuff like that and actually pick my light source is I want to have a, a, a peripheral that actually detects where the light source is in the room. So if you move the light around, you, the shadows will change on the windows right on the screen. And I think that will be mm -hmm. the coolest thing in the world. I think it is great that a lot of developers are trying to work hard to make it better for us to write code. Yes. It, it, it's one of the things... Including you. Thank well, you very much. Well, but one of the things that, that's always bugged me about being a software developer, you know, in terms of what tools we have, is we've been working in text files for about 20 years, okay? Every other profession that uses a computer has advanced beyond a text file, okay, except for us. And, and, and it's like, what the, what the F, excuse me, but, you know, yeah. we, it's just like, and so that's always bugged me. Say and, it. And so say I, it. Say it. What the F? No, okay. say it. <laughs> All right. What the fuck, man? Yeah. It really, it really, it really pisses me off. And I, you know, I say that as, a, as somebody who's completely unrelated to Developer Express and, you know, don't, they don't, they don't share my views, but I'm just, it's just like, you know, I, I want to have a much better, I want to have a rich environment. I want my XML doc comments to be looking like they're in XML. That's, yeah, really. I, that's what I want. I want to be able to have. I want to be able to put annotations in the source code. You know, so the guys when I'm reviewing somebody's code, they look at it and they see a little, you know, bubble window or whatever, saying, you know, Mark said this line is, you know, bad or you should move this up, <laughs> and uh, you really should do it. And and the guy just works and interacts in a much richer environment. Yeah. Um. That's what I want, but it's it's really realistically not going to happen because you've got so much in the industry that's based on source on on text files. You've got version control systems. Right. You've got compilers. Everything says. Text file because there's, there's nothing wrong with the denominator. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with the machines talking to text files, and that's sort of what XML is all about too, right? Sure. You don't have to go in and edit and work with the XML, but nothing wrong with working with it. It's just that you don't want to. So my my reaction in general what to are you all guys of these at here? my my reaction to these tools is I think that these tools are great. The autocode, you know, all right. this other stuff. I think it's great that people are thinking about the problem of how to make people make developers faster. I think it's great that people are recognizing there are ways to improve our productivity, and I love that I love that people are doing this stuff. You're a big fan of ergonomic devices that save your uh, your back and your your your, right. your whole body from right. hammering out code all the time. Tell us about that. I mean, you obviously spend a lot of time coding. How, how, many, how many hours would you say you've? Well, my my estimate was is about twelve hours a day, average every day of the year. You know, for the last, I don't know, at least seven years, I know I've maintained that probably. It's probably realistic. And what that means is if I take like a day off, that means on my other days I'm working like, what, 16 hours a day or something like that. So so I work, I'm sitting down for a lot. Um, and I've been doing this for a long time. And as a result, uh, in order to protect my hands from like carpal tunnel and protect my back and some other things, I've kind of acquired some, uh, uh, some uh, peripheral uh, devices. Uh, one of the things that I used, and I and I wanted to share this with anybody else, especially sure. if you're like, if you're if if you're the kind of if if you're only working eight hours a day and you're you know you're not feeling any pain, it's not a big deal. But I actually started using this stuff before I was feeling pain as kind of a preventative uh, measure, and I think it's actually been able to keep me going for as long as I do. And if you're a guy who's really passionate about what you do and you spend a lot of time, then I think these things might be interesting to you. Yeah. Um, one of the ones I have is I use these uh, uh, the these uh, wrist stabilizers. Mm -hmm. And uh, the brand that I recommend is uh, Futuro. And I don't know who's going to – somebody's got a URL on this, right, that's going to share what this is. Um, uh, uh, and and I've, I've – A Shrinkster URL, right? What is it? Yes, it's uh, Shrinkster.com uh, slash K-Y 
<laughs> that was an accident, honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a keeping hey. in the game of the show. But the, I've, uh, the thing I want to say is, oh, did you, are you, did you finish yeah, it? Yeah, stricture.com slash KY. Okay. Okay, the thing I want to say is that I have tried a lot of these. I have tried, you know, neoprene ones, and they don't uh, breathe enough. I've tried a huge variety, and this brand nails it for me. Um, they do wear out. Like, if you use them a lot, you know, expect like maybe a three-month life out of them, uh, something along those lines. And you have to buy both individually, left and right. But uh, if you search online, you can find good prices. That's yeah. one of them. Um, the other one is uh, for back support. If you have, like, lower back pain or if you're mm -hmm. kind of feeling like you might be, uh, good posture is a good thing. Also, taking breaks and exercising is a good thing as well. Mm -hmm. But I have a back support brace and uh, the, uh, that I that I'll use, and it is uh, I, I don't you got the the shrink yeah, shrinkshirt.com slash kz. That's a kilo zoom All right for the back brace. Yeah, and this is one of the ones that I I, I, I like a lot. You know, and the biggest problem with the back support braces is that the uh, um, the uh, Velcro will wear out over time. And then the third one I have, which is kind of fun, is uh, it's called a Dynaflex, uh, I don't know, Powerball or something like that is what it is. It's essentially like a little gyroscope. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a gyroscope inside of a, uh, a kind of a plastic ball container, uh, and uh, it's for exercising your wrists. And so I'll just I'll get it started here. I have to start this with a, a little string on it. Here, let's see if this works here. Okay. And uh, it's going to take a second to get it going. So I'm kind this of really just, makes a racket, you said, didn't it? Well, yeah, you should be able to hear it. I'm I'm still getting it up to speed here. I'm just kind of spinning my. Uh, so what does this do for you? Actually, well, what it does is it gives you uh, a workout in your hand. Um, there's a really cool one. I don't have this one, but the really cool one is uh, has got uh, a generator inside with LED lights and will glow like you're kind of a space Ooh. alien, you know. <laughs> and here, I think you can probably hear this. And it's yeah. getting up to like you know thirteen thousand RPM or something like, like Darth that. Darth Vader chasing yeah, after Luke Skywalker. Like ducked again. <laughs> so it's a it's a it's a great uh, it's a good workout for your wrists. Um, cool. The the only the other thing I'll say too is uh, uh, I was listening to uh, I guess uh, NPR and they were talking about a study where they had uh, taken old people you know people older than me and they had wow. said hey you know what let's give you guys a bunch of cognitive tests they gave them the test and they said okay for six months we're going to take half of you guys and we're going to you know you guys are going to stretch and do yoga the other half you guys are going to do some exercise and then they give them tests at the end and and the old folks that were exercising did better on the cognitive tests they actually saw them reawakening parts of the brain that were active that are normally associated with younger kids and so when i heard that i was thinking okay well you know, I'm a developer. I kind of sit in a room all day. I inject my body with large amounts of caffeine. Sure, it works on old people, but what about something more representative about me, you know, right. who I am? Yeah. Uh, it turns out they did do the test on lab rats, and the lab rats were smarter at the end as well. <laughs> so, Well, if it's good enough for lab rats, it's so, good enough for me. So yeah. I, I'll like, I get up, I get some exercise, I walk to McDonald's, you know, every day, I get some food. Ice strain is also probably, yeah, good, good. Eye strain is also sure. a problem too. I've heard that you know if you can if you can look out a window every once in a while, you'll be doing yourself a lot of good. Right. There's no there's no uh, mystery to why a well, lot of developers wear glasses. You know, right. let me let me say something else. We were talking about you know carpal tunnel. One of the things that aggravates it is you know frequent frequent large amounts of typing. When when you know when I work with my team, my team's around the world, so I'm doing a lot of IMing that I wasn't doing before. And so, as a result, my hands started getting a little bit worse because of that. But they weren't worse, even though I was working all day long in Kodos, because I was typing in fewer keystrokes. Yeah. So, I, I kind of want to say to people, you're feeling, starting to feel that cramp up in your hands, you should look towards, you know, any tool. You know, either get, you know, get help, either Coderush or something else, but get something so that you're not writing so much code during the day. Right, so. right. 
Well, all right. I, uh, I think it's we're getting uh, to the towards the end of the show, but what I want to ask you is if you'd be willing to uh, put up a copy of Code Rush to give away uh, to a lucky listener. Uh, yeah, we can do so. Something. First of all, how much is it? Uh, Code Rush, that's, I, know, you, I, I should have prepared. I have no idea. I know, you're not the I marketing think it's like, guy. I think it's like $250 is what I think. Yeah, I'm getting some nods from other okay. people. I think it's about 250 I think the refactoring product is going to be about 150 is what I think. But, I'm, you know, these are like, I think, kind of answers to questions that I really don't pay a lot of attention to too much. There was a story you were telling me earlier today, and I can't remember what it was, but I remember saying, you know, you have to tell this story on the show. Oh, about how I started programming. Yeah. I, when I was a kid, I already had kind of a general interest in computer technology. Um, you know, this was like in, I don't know, I guess I want to say the 70s. Uh, I, I, I was interested in NAND gates and OR gates, all this kind of, you know, logical kind of computer logic stuff. Um, and sometime, you know, around then, uh, Radio Shack came out with a, a TRS-80. And I said, Dad, Dad, I, can I have that for Christmas, please? And, you know, my dad was like, no way, you're not getting that. And uh, and Christmas came around and I got it. Uh, it was really, really cool. And he explained on that day, he said, well, my parents got me a a bike, and back then it cost them a lot of money, and so, you know what, I decided to get it for you. And the thing had, like, I think 16K of RAM total. Um, its storage device was a cassette tape, and uh, uh, I, I programmed a really cool game called, uh, I, which I called Super Pong, and it was like, uh, or maybe it was Super Breakout, something like that, but it was basically like four paddles around a square, and uh, they all moved together, either clockwise or counterclockwise, and, you know, one or two balls going around, bouncing around, and uh, at the time, the TRS-80 had no um, uh, ability when it was in graphics mode to get keyboard input. So you essentially could not prog program a game for it. But I figured out a way to kind of essentially get it to do that uh, uh, by doing some tricks. And I remember going into, uh, you know, thinking, oh, I'm going to be rich, man. You know, <laughs> I, got, I got Super Pong. I got, you know, a graphics mode on the TRS-80. And I've got keys, you know, controlling all this stuff. And I remember walking into my, um, you know, local Radio Shack, you know, back when I thought it was really cool to hang out at Radio Shack. And, uh, you know, talking to the guy. And the guy says, yeah, you know, we're just talking about stuff. And he says, oh, yeah, you know, the new TRS-80, you know, version 2 is coming out. And, you know, really cool stuff. You can accept uh, keystrokes during graphics mode. And I'm like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so so it was like, you know, my, my life was crushed. You know, I had, you know, there was my another, yet another million-dollar idea slipping out. Uh, and, th and then, but what I found is after a few weeks or, you know, maybe about a month, I felt that I had my, 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 you know, exploration and kind of melding into this machine had hit the limit with this 16K memory. And I felt like I needed more. I needed something else beyond it. And shortly after this, the Amiga, Amiga came out. And I was like, Dad, Amiga for Christmas, man. This is a familiar story, eh, Roy, with Liz? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Amiga I'm like, Envy. I'm like, look at this. He's got all these colors. It's like, and he's like, I got you a computer. I'm like, oh, come on, Dad. You know, Christmas comes around, and I think I got a microscope. You know, and I'm like, I'm like, damn. And so, so I'm like, yeah, I wanted this thing so badly, and I wanted to write games. So I got a book on how to program for the Amiga, and I wrote code in this in a, in a notebook based on what I was reading in this and learning on this stuff. Now, not a notebook program. Sorry, not yeah, uh, paper and pencil. Yeah, paper and pa it was pen. I was, I was using pen. Ooh, and, living uh, dangerously, were yeah. you? But, you know, I was, it was bug-free as far as I it's know. It's like write-only memory. You just can't. <laughs> to some degree. Well, you can cross stuff out, right? Uh, right. So, uh, uh, and I was, I, I had pages and pages and pages of code for this game where you were driving through this maze in a car and you could, you know, put a hook out or, you know, throw a hook out and swoop around a corner real fast. And, uh, and uh, it, was, it was wonderful. Uh, that's how nutty I was wow. about wanting to do this. Did you ever get a chance to compile it? No, no, I never did. 
It was very similar to a, a story Rory told about uh, some girl in his fourth grade class who had an Amiga and kept rubbing it in. Liz. Man, Liz. I think Rory already, need, he doesn't need to go through that as well. Yeah. You know, during his ther- therapy session. When is that scheduled, Rory? That's like tonight, <laughs> right? Therapy session. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've got my therapist. I've got a separate cell phone with only that number in it. You know, when I, when I got an issue. I just pull it out and hit it, hit that button. So we've got about 10 minutes left, and what I'd like uh, people to do for anyone who wants to win a, a copy of the award-winning and excellent Code Rush uh, by Mark Miller here at DevExpress is to go to their website at devexpress.com and find the current date of the current version of Code Rush. The, uh, the date is listed there on the website, and it's got the current version and the current build. And uh, there's the date. And if you want to uh, win, you basically have to send us the date of that build uh, to .NET Rocks at franklins.net. And uh, we will be standing by and waiting for your email. And with that, so, uh, so Mark, um, how's, you, know, you obviously thought enough of the show to come down here from wherever you come right. from and, and uh, to, to hang out in the studio. And I guess you're on your way to uh, Florida, driving into or flying into a hurricane, or something. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. Yeah. Very well, fun. I, I, uh, you know, that I, w- I was talking to you about this a little bit today. I was saying, you know, that, um, and we were kind of talking. We were talking about pair programming a bit. And one of the things I mentioned that one of the neat things about pair programming is it turns something that's normally an isolated experience and kind of makes it a little bit social, where you're like interacting and talking, even though you're just talking about cl- design and the classes and things like that. Yeah. And I mentioned that, um, you know, one of the things that I like about what you guys are doing with this show is that it does that same kind of thing. It has that same element of bringing a kind of a social experience and interaction, you know, and, and kind of revealing the, 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 the meaningful part of what it is to be a human being, you know, when it's so easy to kind of forget that when you're just all just buried in the code all day. And I, and I, think, with that, I think that's really cool what you guys are doing. So, oh, thank you. That is um, cool. We like it. Yeah, and I just I'll, yeah I'm going to I'm speaking at uh, VS Live and I'm go flying in I think on the, around the same time as uh, what is it Andre is coming in or something like that yeah so that's gonna Ivan. be fun Ivan, Ivan Hurricane yeah. Ivan well, I'm looking forward to uh, that that plane flight in that's gonna be fun so you're off to you're off to VS Live oh wait a minute I get here you talk to Rory for a minute I got to read these uh, see if I can find a winner here you want me to talk to Rory yeah go okay. ahead hi Mark hi Rory you how know, are I, you I only give you a hard time because I think you're a freaking genius man. I mean, it's like, oh, you know, and I'm, I'm like, you know, I, I guess I have to apologize. I, I, I probably have to apologize to a lot of people now that I think about it tonight after tonight's show. <laughs> no, I got to um, work these, no. these blanket apologies out. No, um, actually, the, the, thing, the thing that had me quiet was that um, I really am getting a therapist. That's what confused me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how the hell did he know? And, and I was taking oh, – Doesn't everybody have one? Like, I'm just like I, – I, <laughs> I mean, I have five or six at any one given time. If I don't like what one guy says, I'm on to the next, you know. It's like, that's <laughs> it. I'm going to my next guy that I'm trying to, you know. You know, deceived that I'm. You know, everything's cool. So yeah, anyway, I, I was uh, just momentarily very, very. Uh, I, 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 I was trying to figure out if like you were reading my mind or something. That's you know? possible. I mean, I don't yeah. believe in that sort of thing, but no, I was but willing to believe in it for a moment. No, I, so. I, I, he downloaded I, the software. I was uh, Roy. I was at your site and I read the. Um, uh, what was it? The I'm eating dinner in Italy with Satan and uh, <laughs> and the, and the octopus that's peeing slash blue octopus, plus yeah. squirting the blue stuff on the floor. And I read that, and I said, he is a genius. This guy is a genius, and he's just a genius. And I'm like, I'm actually disappointed, man, that Microsoft's got you speaking because they should have you. What I, I told this to Carl today, they should stick you out in a desert with a laptop and some peyote and give you like seven or eight days, and you'll come back, and you're going to revolution. Everybody's going to go like, what the hell is this? Rory did it, and they're going to like, oh, my God. They're going to sit down for like weeks with scientists trying to figure it out. 
Well, I don't know what to do here, guys, because we got like 15 people who are saying, wait, oh, nope, nope, we have one. We have one. It's And we only have his email address or her email address. Who is this? Yeah, who's JHB? JHB, you you got it, finally. And I don't know, maybe it's uh, indicative of multiple pages that have dates and builds and stuff, but we're looking at www.devexpress.com slash section slash support versions current version slash build and the current uh, version is 1.0.15 and the date is March 22nd, 2004. So, JHB, you are the winner of Code Rush. Congrats, man. Bravo. Bravo, yes. Yeah. And uh, Richard is in Kuala Lumpur tonight, so he is not uh, doing the Toy Boy segment. So, we, you know, we didn't have much mail, we didn't have much news, and didn't have much Ask Rory. It was mostly show. So there you go. For all you people who thought we were being a little too fluffy, take that. So, ha. So on behalf of myself and uh, Rory Blythe, Jeff Maciolik out there in the sound room, Mark Miller, Dan Curla, right, and Kirk Webb, and myself, thanks very much for listening to uh, .NET Rocks, and we will see you next week with Joe Stagner. Keep on rocking, folks. Oh yeah.